Okay, hi. So it's Carrie Johnston, and I am filming today on the traditional territory of Champagne and Asiac First Nations in beautiful Dakwakata Haines Junction. And my guest today is Rory. Rory, introduce yourself. Hello, everybody out there. My name is Rory McDonald. I'm the owner operator of the franchise Footwear and Apparel, uh, now located in the Horwoods Mall. Uh, we are here in the uh, Kwanlin Dunn First Nation uh, Tahan Gwich'in Council uh in whitehorse yukon thank awesome. you for having me thanks so much for or for for joining me today so tell me a little bit about what franchise footwear is uh so we are a traditional brick and mortar retail business um i focus on footwear and apparel uh we dabble in everything from sunglasses to skateboards has been a new addition to us but uh the focus is definitely on on footwear and clothing and how long have you been in operation for? Uh, June 6th makes, uh, excuse me, uh, made six years in business uh, for me. So since wow. 2014. Congratulations. That's amazing for a, a small uh, retail shop to go six years. That's yeah, a good hurdle to pass. Yeah. yeah, thank you. That's amazing. Okay. Can you just tell me a little bit about what shoe culture is? Yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, so it's, it's really cool for me. Um, I've been interested in this since I was, uh, since I was a young kid, I grew up as a skateboarder um, and like skateboarding and hip hop culture is very much intertwined. And the fashion side of that is, is a big part of it. So since a young man, I was uh, interested in shoes, skate shoes, and that has kind of evolved into um, basketball shoes and and Nike and Jordan kind of shoes specifically over the years and yeah like I said those those paths have always kind of crossed um, in, in the world and in the fashion world and for me it's um, kind of neat I was able to to move away to Vancouver and kind of learn a trade and now have a chance to bring that back to my hometown in the Yukon and kind of kind of bring that culture to a place where it didn't exist before or existed in a very small capacity before, I should say. Okay. And so what have you learned about your business model over the last couple of months? Uh, over the last couple of months, um, there's been a lot of realizations. Like uh, my business, like I said, is 100% is brick and mortar. I don't operate online at all. Um, so we've, we've definitely seen a shift um, in COVID for that. I've been lucky enough to be able to pivot um, to instead of having lineups for sneakers every other Saturday, uh, we now have to launch them via Instagram raffle. Uh, so it's a lot more work um, than just, you know, putting up a post saying coming soon or is available on Saturday. And then all the kids will, you know, kind of would normally come and line up for those sneaker releases. Now we have to contact uh, all of the winners. Well, first of all, we have to do a draw. So all of the people who enter the draw are entered for each size. I have to fairly pick and draw the names, um, contact all the winners, make sure that they will still want to purchase the shoes. Uh, a small fraction of them decline, so then I have to contact the, you know, the, the runners up. Um, so a lot more work goes into it, but I was able to still operate those raffles uh, during this time. So that's very much what kind of kept my head above water. Um, for the eight weeks that I was that I was closed um, during April and, and May, um, 
So really, uh, as far as business models are concerned, um, the brand exclusivity that I have really helped me out there. Uh, Nike and Jordan products, uh, they're very selective as to what retailers they sell their products at. Um, so it was very much having uh, those products, not just those products, a lot of the other brands I sell as well. Um, but yeah, that was a big part of it. Uh, really pivoting to hustling on social media, um, putting a lot more content, uh, changing the way I interacted with people on social media um, was a big part of it. And uh, also introducing new products. Um, so yeah, a big part of it was, was just willing to change and willing to adapt uh, when the time came and not being bullheaded and trying to like stick to my old ways. Um, I think was probably my, my biggest key to success uh, in the last, last couple of months. Yeah, I've been really impressed uh, watching how you've been like building relationship through Instagram with your customers and clients. I think you're, you're really leading the way in, in a lot of ways, especially for a traditional brick and mortar store. So like, thank, uh, thank you, you. For, for leading in that space and doing great work. So what are you kind of learning about your customers in, in doing that and engaging online in a different way? We've seen a lot of support, a lot of support from people. Um, people have been, I was lucky enough. Um, I knew I was going to be closed for, for a short amount of time. So I took advantage of that time uh, to relocate my business. So I moved to the Horwoods Mall. Um, so I was, I was really worried that customers would see me boarding up the windows and shutting down shop. And so I really wanted to be like very vocal that I was moving and that I was not, you know, not in any way like shutting down or, or closing or anything like that so so I did a lot more of like diary type content on the social media I wasn't selling as many products at that time but I was like look here's you know uh Felix at Remax who was awesome enough to lend me his moving van to to move to the Horwitz Mall and uh, the guys at Leaping Feet uh, lent me the rolling racks to be able to move all my products. And like, so I, I really kind of trying to change the, the content I was having. And um, normally I'm not a very big, you know, like public person about what I'm up to on social media. So that was a little different for me. Um, but yeah, I really learned that, um, yeah, my customers uh, really wanted to support. They really started following what I was up to. You know, they were uh, very vocal in like supporting me and wishing me good luck and, and that kind of thing. Um, and the customers that uh, are buying products from me are, they're reposting or making their own posts on social media to show their friends their purchases and they always shout me out. We use the hashtags and, and I try to repost those from customers and I try to take pictures of the customers who support me. So yeah, the engagement with them has been awesome. And uh, yeah, that's been, that's been a big change. I've, I did that in, in a smaller capacity previously, but um, tried to have done, do that a lot more um, during this time as well. Hmm. So while you're leading the way in this sort of Instagram space, like, what are you learning about leadership? Um, leadership, um, I'm definitely trying to uh, take an active role in the community. I find myself in a, in a very lucky position to be able to have a following on Instagram and have kids paying attention to what I'm doing. So I feel I need to do more than just sell them sneakers. You know what I mean? I need to... Um, not only like trying to bring this culture to the Yukon, like the, 
we do you know music posts we play new music in the store do stuff like that uh, we try to promote local artists um, we've had a couple of uh, a couple of kids uh, make art projects for us um, just out of the blue completely surprised me uh, Josh and Simon Lauer uh, dropped off like a 400% bare brick uh, custom made custom painted like totally surprised me blew me away um, and another young kid Nathan made a painting of uh, there was a sneaker released in a spider-man movie and he did a painting of spider-man and the sneaker that we released and yeah just the fact that these kids uh, you know think of me or, or think of the store in that light is, is uh, humbling to say the least um, I also was really proud to do a uh, uh, a promotion with uh, Wolfpack basketball. Uh, coach Tim Brady and I go uh, go back a long way. I'm good friends with his son, and uh, I had an opportunity to sell Kobe jerseys at the store, and I didn't feel right about profiting off of those Kobe jerseys, but I wanted my customers to be able to sell them. So I donated the money to the Wolfpack, and they invited me into a practice, and you know, donated the the check, and you know, all the kids were super stoked, and you know, gave me a round of applause and whatever. So, yeah, stuff like that is uh, is pretty awesome, and to be able to do that because people shop at my store is uh, yeah, is awesome. So, I feel it's uh, yeah, the least I can do, you know, in 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 the community. So. Mm. So, I mean, we've all had to learn a lot during the last couple of months. And so how are you thinking about your business model differently? What do you think is like here to stay? What are you looking at integrating down the line? Uh, yeah, online is a big part of it. Um, one of the main reasons uh, my store didn't exist online is because of the products that I carry. Because Nike and Jordan are, um, are such big brands, they want to control um, their online presence. So... Uh, they haven't opened new online dealers in quite some time. And now with these recent changes, um, kind of things have started to change in that aspect. Um, so hopefully, you know, being in the North and being able to represent um, a customer that is, that is underrepresented by some of the other stores in Canada um, might open the door for me to, uh, to have a bigger e-com presence and online presence. So that's, uh, that's a focus for me in the future, for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. So all of your sales, when you're like, when you had to go from normally having your lineups to this kind of raffle concept for the new release of a sneaker, you're still not selling those online. It's still like through your like land-based point of sale system. Hey. Yeah, we did. Uh, customers would e-transfer um, the funds to me. And then when they came to pick up the shoes, um, that's when I would cash the e-transfer um, and would basically do curbside pickups. So Although it was enough to kind of keep my head above water, that's a far cry from having a stream of customers coming through your store every day like you're used to. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, during that eight week period, I maybe dropped, you know, three or four shoes. So it was, yeah, literally kind of just enough to keep people interested and to have just a little bit of revenue to come in to, to pay some bills and stuff. So. Um, so any other things that you've been sort of learning classes or books or, or like something like, you know, we, we've all taken a bit of time to learn like a new skill or, or, or many of us have. So has there been any sort of new skill that you've picked up? 
that kind of relates again to e-com. I've been um, paying a lot of attention to Shopify, um, paying a lot of attention to e-com success and retaining customers. And, and yeah, there's a whole, whole science that goes along with, um, with e-com shopping. Um, I was lucky enough uh, years ago, my background comes from working with a, a group of guys in Vancouver called uh, the Red Dragons. They're a skateboard crew out of Vancouver. Um, so they had an e-com store uh, years and years ago when I used to work for them. So I had a, you know, kind of early on uh, experience with them, seeing them uh, get their e-com up and rolling. And they've had a, a very successful uh, e-com presence since then. So um, that was a, a, a good eye opener for me years ago uh, as to the potential um, that was out there for, for Canadian e-com for sure. Okay, so what advice then do you have for, you know, emerging entrepreneurs here in the Yukon or, or, you know, existing entrepreneurs who are trying to figure out how to get a better online presence or whatever it is? Um, pretty cliche stuff, I would say, like, you know, the classic, like, hang in there. Um, it definitely wasn't easy, you know, like, um, I was lucky enough while I was while I was renovating and moving the store, I found it was a great distraction for me um, to just really focus on something and not worry about the end of the world. And, you know, um, so, um, yeah, I would say, you know, like immerse yourself into something, something healthy and, um, you know, kind of distract yourself. I found uh, a really big uh, advantage to me was reaching out to some old friends or people, you know, maybe I hadn't talked to in a while, you know, make a FaceTime call and just surprise somebody out of the blue or, you know, something like that. Um, that went a long way. I was, I was trying like weekly to kind of like call and catch up with somebody that I hadn't spoken to in a while. Um, so I found that that helped. And of course, like my, um, my partner, uh, Kate, my mom, my mom, Ria, my brother, Neil have been huge supports for me. So yeah, can't thank them enough. Um, they help me on a daily basis. So yeah, lean on your supports, lean on those people around you. Um, yeah, cause they, they help a ton. And so. is that the same for your wellness practice then, or has there been anything else that you've been kind of integrating in to help keep you grounded? Um, myself personally, I just turned 40 uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I've been on a little bit of a health kick, a little bit of a health realization, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, what started with me, like, I'm lucky enough that I don't start work until 11am in the morning. So I try to take advantage. I walk the dog every morning. I try to, you know, get some work done and, and try to have a peaceful day. But yeah, I've, I've basically started what started walking the dog has kind of turned into some running and, and trying to get healthier. Um, so yeah, been on this, this little health kick lately. And uh, that's been very good for my, my mental health and having an outlet to, uh, yeah, to blow off some steam as well. So. So any like major aha moments for you over the past couple of months, something that's like really changed your worldview or perspective that uh, you'd like to share? Um, that one I thought about, I don't really have uh, yeah, I don't have a huge aha moment. Um, yeah, like I said, my, I think my saving base was, was pivoting at, at the right time. Um, so that to me was kind of is my biggest realization because I am quite stubborn um, sometimes and, and set in my ways and a, and a creature habit. So um, yeah, I'd probably say that's, that's one of my biggest realizations um, in a, in a bigger picture um, in retail, 
for me, because we plan so far in advance, like some of these products that I buy are, we're buying six to eight months in advance. So we're having to almost like look into our little crystal ball and see what the trends are going to be or what the popular shoe is going to be. So for me, you know, when something like that works out, if when a shoe shows up eight months later and it's a hit and I have, you know, refill sizes coming a month later to kind of top up on those sizes and that all works out well. And it's like, it, you know, it's been like a, an eight month thing to happen and it all comes together. I say, well, maybe I do know what I'm doing. You know, it's like, that's so that's in a bigger picture probably like some of my aha moments is like all right like yeah maybe maybe i do know what's up sometimes <laughs> it is good to take a moment as an entrepreneur and pat yourself on the back a little bit because you know like nobody else it's the the magic behind the scenes that nobody else is is aware of because if they were they'd be doing it too yeah yeah they it's like it, at retail you know, it's customers think there's this like magical back room of all these products waiting for them to come and purchase. And it's like, what you see is what you get. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, I worked very hard to, to get these products here. And a lot of, yeah, I, yeah, a lot of time and effort went into getting those products into the store at, at the right time. So yeah, it's nice to see when it works out properly. Yeah. The, the shoe industry, like you're in, it's very much, uh, you're creating like you're it's you're creating a, a you know the, the art of the shoe in this is you know strange way but it's uh, it's really neat well, and what's neat now is is these shoes release now in whitehorse on the same day as they do in los angeles and halifax and tokyo so it's uh yeah it's like they have global releases and now whitehorse is is on that map too so that's uh that's a pretty cool thing for me so it is so the Yukon, you know, because of the pandemic, we, we took this sort of like moment to, to really shut a lot of things down to, to maintain the safety of, of all Yukoners. And, you know, we're in this period of reopening and normalizing. So what are, what are some of the values of reopening that you'd like to share for, for yourself? Um, I think definitely being cautious as we reopen is big, you know, um, to, to just assume that we're out of the woods and that, you know, the worst is over, I think is, uh, would be kind of foolish. So I think we still need to keep being diligent, um, even though we are, you know, having a little bit more freedom. Um, obviously, I hope to see all businesses, you know, continue to, to prosper and, and to still be around. Um, there's, I think, a, a great community of small businesses in the Yukon. So, I would, I would hate to see, you know, any of them, um, you know, not be able to survive through this. So, um, yeah, shopping local is going to be a big one. Um, these stores really, really need everybody's support and that's going to be a, a big part of it. I think, uh, we're going to have a, a tough winter ahead. Um, you know, right now it's sunny and it's, it's nice and between rain. Uh, but I think when it's, uh, when it's dark, in January and February and people are prone to staying home and on the best of years um, I think we're gonna have some realizations so yeah we're gonna we're gonna have a tough winter ahead not to be too pessimistic but um, yeah I think it's gonna take a lot of support from from people to to make it through the winter for sure just wondering sort of when when you did have to shut down your store for you know you talked about shutting it down for eight weeks and what's it been like to reopen and and try to maintain those you know covid safe protocols in your store uh reopening has been awesome um i'm just i'm very happy that people are are still shopping and still in a position that they can afford to shop i'm very well aware that 
you know, $250 sneakers are a luxury item. Um, so I'm very lucky to be able to still be selling those items. Um, what did I, I got off track here. What did I? Oh, just about people following your, your protocols in the store. What's oh, it been right, like right, as a retail right. operator? Yeah. Right. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I find at my store, I have been quite strict, um, with, with clothing and textiles and stuff. It's, it's definitely, um, a touch and feel type industry. You just naturally want to walk in the door and, and handle the products. And I don't blame anybody for that. It's the, it's the first reaction. Um, but we are having to, you know, limit customers on the amount of products that they handle, um, until August 1st, uh, August 1st, we kind of took the lead and uh, and kind of loosened our grips a little bit whereas we allowed customers to start handling the products before that you had to allow me to to handle it for you um, so that's been good uh, we have had a little bit of pushback a bit from customers which is unfortunate um, I'm I'm not trying on size medium hoodies you know what I mean I'm not trying on size eight shoes so it's like it's very much for my customer's protection that these rules are in place. Um, I'm being very diligent about sanitizing myself and sanitizing like the, the areas that I touch. Um, but it's a, you know, it's a big store with, with a lot of items in it. So um, there's been a bit of pushback from customers, which is, which is unfortunate. Um, they feel like they should still be able to handle the stuff. And it's like, um, yeah, they may not realize the, how many people kind of come through the store in in a short amount of time. Um, I started counting a little bit during during that time, and it was you know upwards of, of 250 to 300 people a week. Um, so I think that's that's a lot of people in a month to to be handling products. So yeah, we're we're probably a little more diligent or a little more strict than some stores, but um, yeah, ultimately it's for the protection of my of my customers. So. Yeah, and if, if we're a little bit more strict and that keeps us safe and doesn't have us, you know, shut down great stores like yours again, then I think it's all really worthwhile. Yeah, yeah I was, uh, I kind of came into a community of stores here at Horwoods who had all made the conscious decision collectively um, to to kind of close and, and for the benefit of their customers. So for me, it was great that, you know, from my former location being just the one and only guy over on the corner there to being part of the community over here and, and being involved and, you know, what are you guys up to? How are you guys handling this? And, and having some, some supports here too, um, to bounce ideas off of and stuff has, has been awesome, so. What I love about Yukon business is that, you know, building of relationship and collaboration and supporting each other. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, they've been awesome here. All the businesses have been very welcoming here. So yeah, I can't thank them enough. Great. Okay, so you talked about liking to play, you know, new Yukon music, uh, but are there any podcasts or music or books or movies or whatever that's kind of getting you through that you'd like to, to recommend? Yeah, I definitely need to uh, to plug uh, Local Boy, uh, Jer and Calvin, a couple of local dudes. They make some great music. Um, they're out in the community. They're teaching the youth in this community how to make music, how to record music. Um, so definitely a shout out to those guys. I'm a big hip hop fan. Um, so a lot of my recommendations are kind of kind of hip hop based. Um, in the hip hop community, they've been doing these versus battles on Instagram Live. Uh, where you get two artists uh, who have a catalog of music kind of team up and will go hit for hit 
um, you know, for, for a 20 hit uh, sequence. And uh, yeah, so those have been awesome uh, to watch. Um, I think we're getting a lot of really good content because of people being in isolation people being at home so um podcasts in general have been you know they've been sprouting up everywhere and have been yeah really good content so a couple that i watch are uh the joe budden podcast uh the brilliant idiots those guys are always good for a laugh um and then a couple of really like hip-hop deep dive ones are uh people's party with talib Kweli and uh drink champs with noriega is uh is a very funny one where they sit around and have drinks and uh it's basically like an insight on a friend's conversation more so than a than a podcast but yeah all those come highly recommended if you're uh if you're a hip-hop fan out there awesome any final words or closing thoughts before we end for today uh yeah i'd just like to thank anybody who has supported my store um yeah i uh yeah, I, I can't thank the community enough for supporting me and to to be able to essentially live my dream. Uh, having a having a store, working for myself, is uh, is awesome. And I think I've done a good job of trying to trying to grow and trying to uh, yeah build the store as I go. So it's been a very rewarding process. So yeah, just can't thank anybody enough who's uh, who's supported me over the years. Great. Thanks so much for your time today. Bye. Yeah, thank you. It was great to meet you.